Chapter Fourteen of The Art of Travel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kate McKenzie. The Art of Travel by Sir Francis Galton. Chapter Fourteen: Fords and Bridges. Fords. In fording a swift stream, carry heavy stones in your hand, for you require weight to resist the force of the current indeed the deeper you wade the more weight you require though you have so much the less at command on account of the water buoying you up rivers cannot be forded if their depth exceeds three feet for men or four feet for horses fords are easily discovered by typing a sounding pole to the stern of a boat rowing down the middle of the stream and searching those places where the pole touches the bottom when no boat is to be had fords should be tried for where the river is broad rather than where it is narrow and especially at those places where there are bends in its course in these the line of shallow water does not run straight across but follows the direction of a line connecting a promontory on one side to the nearest promontory on the other along hollow curves the stream runs deep and usually beneath overhanging banks whilst in front of promontories the water is invariably shoal unless it be a jutting rock that makes the promontory therefore by entering the stream at one promontory with the intention of leaving it at another you ensure that at all events the beginning and end of your course shall be in shallow water which you cannot do by attempting any other line of passage to cross boggy and uncertain ground swamps when you wish to take a wagon across a deep miry and reedy swamp outspan and let the cattle feed then cut faggots of reeds and strew them thickly over the line of intended passage when plenty are laid down drive the cattle backwards and forwards and they will trample them in repeat the process two or three times till the causeway is firm enough to bear the weight of the wagon or in default of reeds cut long poles and several short crossbars say of two feet long join these as best you can so as to make a couple of ladder-shaped frames place these across the mud one under the intended track of each wheel faggots strewn between each round of the ladder will make the causeway more sound a succession of logs laid crosswise with faggots between them will also do but not so well passing from hand to hand when many things have to be conveyed across a piece of abominably bad road as over sand dunes heavy shingle mud of two feet deep a morass a jagged mountain tract or over stepping stones in the bed of a rushing torrent it is a great waste of labour to make laden men travel to and fro with loads on their backs it is a severe exertion to walk at all under these circumstances letting along the labour of also carrying a burden the men should be stationed in a line each at a distance of six or seven feet from his neighbour and should pass the things from hand to hand as they stand plank roads miry boggy lines of road along which people had been seen for months crawling like flies across a plate of treacle are suddenly and i may almost say magically converted into a road as hard and good as regent street by the following simple process 
which is usually adopted as soon as the feeble funds of the young colony can purchase the blessing. A small gang of men, with spades and rammers, quickly level one end of the earth road. As fast as they proceed, four or five rows of strong beams or sleepers, which have been brought in the light wagons of the country, are laid down longitudinally, four or five feet asunder. And no sooner are they in position than from other wagons stout planks touching each other are transversely laid upon them. From a third series of wagons, a thin layer of sand or grit is thrown upon the planks, which instantly assume the appearance of a more level macadam road than in practice can ever be obtained. Upon this newborn road, the wagons carrying the sleepers, planks, and sand convey with perfect ease these three descriptions of materials for its continuance. The work advances literally about as fast as an old gouty gentleman can walk, and as soon as it is completed, there can scarcely exist a more striking contrast than between the two tenses of what it was and what it is. This plank road, as it is termed in America, usually lasts from eight to twelve years, and, as it is found quite unnecessary to spike the planks to the sleepers, the arrangement admits of easy repair, which, however, is but seldom required. Quote from Sir Francis Head in the Times, January the 25th. Snow. Sir Robert Daliel tells me that it is the practice of muleteers in the neighbourhood of Erzurum, when their animals lose their way and flounder in the deep snow, to spread a horse-cloth or other thick rug from off their packs upon the snow in front of them. The animals step upon it and extricate themselves easily. I have practised walking across deep snowdrifts on this principle with perfect success. Weak ice. Water that is slightly frozen is made to bear a heavy wagon by cutting reeds, strewing them thickly on the ice and pouring water upon them. When the whole is frozen into a firm mass, the process must be repeated. Bridges. Flying bridges are well known. A long cord or chain of poles is made fast to a rock or an anchor in the middle of a river. The other end is attached to the ferry-boat which is being so slewed as to receive the force of the current obliquely, traverses the river from side to side. Bridges of felled trees. If you are at the side of a narrow but deep and rapid river, on the banks of which trees grow long enough to reach across, one or more may be felled, confining the trunk to its own bank, and letting the current force the head round to the opposite side. But, if the river be too wide to be spanned by one tree, and if two or three men can in any manner be got across, let a large tree be felled into the water on each side, and placed close to the banks opposite to each other, with their heads lying upstreamwards. Fasten a rope to the head of each tree, confine the trunks, shove the head off to receive the force of the current, and ease off the ropes, so that the branches may meet in the middle of the river at an angle pointing upwards. The branches of the trees will be jammed together by the force of the current, and so be sufficiently united as to form a tolerable communication, especially when a few of the upper branches have been cleared away. If insufficient, towards the middle of the river, to bear the weight of men crossing, a few stakes with the forks left near their heads may be thrust down through the branches of the trees to support them. Quote from Sir H. Douglas. End of chapter 14